Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for September 18th, 2007 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by our Orlando team, including Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. This week, we'll tell you about the top news stories on the Diz, including more about the ceremony at Epcot last week, honoring the crew of the Space Shuttle Endeavor. Also this week, we'll have lots of updates to cover, as well as the changes to the Haunted Mansion. Julie Martin has another installment in her very popular store tour series, and Kevin Close has his review of the Columbia Harbor House at the Magic Kingdom. All that, plus Roundtable Rapid Fire and your emails on this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Well, welcome back, everybody. We've been uh, been gone for a couple of weeks. Uh, hope you didn't miss us too much. I got to tell you, I really miss doing the show. Oh yeah, for me two too. weeks, I miss seeing everybody. It's weird. It was weird. <laughs> it, was, it was like my world was thrown off. We got a lot of positive feedback on those best of shows, though. You did a really great job with those. Well, thanks. I actually have to apologize for last week's show. Last week's show was supposed to be a lot, have a lot more in it. I had other stuff planned, but. I have this really bad habit of waiting to the very last minute to edit the show sometimes. And I was having all sorts of technical problems. It was just like one of those nights where nothing was going right. And eventually, you know, by 5 o'clock in the morning and I'm bleary-eyed and Mm -hmm. half of what I want to do isn't done. I'm like, okay, guys, either put the show up tomorrow or do it like this. And I put it up that way and I really wasn't happy with it. I mean, mean, the stuff we put in is good, but I just wasn't happy with – it wasn't what I wanted, but – so I apologize for that. But uh, I do want to uh, remind everybody that this is Listener Appreciation Month, and we're giving away prizes each week. Just go to our podcast main page, which is podcast.wdwinfo.com. Fill in the info there, and we're picking one winner each week at random. And if we pick your name, you'll be uh, eligible to win one of 30 prizes that we have here to give away, everything from a $25 Disney gift certificate to an iPod and dinner with Kevin. And uh, actually, we did pick a winner for this week. We haven't heard yes, back from did. him yet. Yes, we did. Have not heard back from him, but you know who you are, so email us soon. Check your emails. <laughs> it might be you. That's right, guys. You got to stay on top of that. So, Pete, I have a housekeeping thing. Oh. I would like to apologize. I gave out some erroneous information. I repeated information given to us by Disney, and I repeated it as fact, and come to find out it's not true. I know we're going to talk about the Haunted Mansion later, mm-hmm. but I've told everybody that is... Um, might be in a wheelchair, that they would be able to take their wheelchair into a doom buggy for the first time. That information was given to me by a manager in guest services over the telephone, specifically told me that they weren't giving out any information about the rehab at the Haunted Mansion, but she would tell me that that was going to be the case. We went to the Haunted Mansion yesterday, and besides wanting to see the Haunted Mansion, I wanted to see this rehab and this new, it's not there. And I have, I have apologized on the boards, and I would like to apologize here. That information was bad. This is getting like a round table mea culpa. Well, <laughs> you know, it's not. I didn't make it up. No, of course uh, not. I, I, I've, I was given bad information. You will have to transfer out of a wheelchair. They've made it. Um, you can pull your wheelchair up to it, but you would have to transfer into a doom buggy. And the reason I was told this was the case was because of the doom buggy tips. Unlike the Finding Nemo ride... That clamshell remains flat. The doom buggy tips and uh, the uh, the ability to strap down the wheelchair, that would take too long, and it would be unsafe for someone in the wheelchair. They would yeah. have no way to do that. So that was the reason for it. They have um, mainstreamed the queue. Everybody gets in the same line. Mm-hmm. Instead of the people who 
are in a wheelchair going to the back door immediately. Everybody mainstreams into the main line, and they're siphoned off as they get closer to the mansion itself. And that's how... That's what they explained to me was the new handicapped accessibility. I said, so in other words, you've made them wait in line longer yes, to get to the same spot. And yep. she said, well, yeah. I said, oh, that's great. It's about three quarters of the queue line. You you go down, back, and then down again. Right. And uh, I also the, the ECV vehicles were able to make the turn on pretty much all the turns. I'm sorry, that's not making it handicapped accessible. That's making people in a wheelchair or an ECV wait longer. Making it handicapped accessible means that people in wheelchairs can actually ride the ride and see the pre-show. Yeah, what's right. well, exactly. they, miss, they miss that whole pre-show. Right. It really stinks. So I, I would just like to apologize for information that I passed along as fact when, in fact, it was in fact. Well, it happens to the best of it. All right, with that out of the way, we're going to get started with the news. First, uh, number three story this week. The Golden Ticket Awards were announced. Amusement Today announced their picks for the annual Golden Ticket Awards, which recognizes the, quote, best of the best in the amusement industry. Winners are selected from surveys sent to uh, what Amusement Today refers to as well-traveled amusement park fans around the world and ask them to rate their top picks in 24 different categories. Best Amusement Park was given to Cedar Point in Sandusky, Ohio. Best Children's Theme Park, this baffled me, Legoland in California. SeaWorld Orlando was named Best Marine Life Park, while Disney scored for Best Outdoor Night Show for Illuminations at Epcot and another for Best Indoor Roller Coaster for Rock and Roller Coaster at MGM. Universal also picked up two awards, Best Water Ride for Dudley Do-Right's Ripsaw Falls, and Best Dark Ride for The Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man, both at Islands of Adventure. Um, Dudley Do-Right, Best Water Ride, really? Uh, yeah. You get what? Splash Mountain, people! <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just very I, I think, biased. <laughs> I actually think Popeye and Pluto's uh, The Raft Ride is better than... Oh yeah, Dudley. That's... I think Jurassic Park is better than Dudley Do Right, but I don't know. I mean, this is like I said. They these are people who are theme park enthusiasts, and what kind of struck me as I read this story was that, you know, I'm not a theme park enthusiast at all. I'm not interested in Cedar Point. I'm not interested in Six Flags. You know, I'm a Disney fan, and so when I read this, and Best Children's Park, Legoland. Mm-hmm. Have you people not been at Disney? <laughs> you know. Even like best children's area went to some other theme. You, 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 there is some place a better children's area than Toontown. Yeah, I, I don't know. So, but I just thought that was interesting that they give out these awards. And I actually think Dudley Do Right is the best water ride. Really? Yeah. I mean, all of them have a drop. Dudley Do Right has that little roller coaster thing to it. <laughs> it keeps going, huh? Yeah. Well, see, it depends on what criteria they use because. Theming-wise, it's definitely Splash Mountain. Yeah. You can't get any better than Splash no, Mountain. No, you can't. Dudley Do-Right has those sort of cardboard things that swing yeah. back and forth. <laughs> they should go past them. <laughs> you know? So, I don't know. It's all very weird. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily agree with their choices, but it was interesting to see what, what won. So, those of you who live in Sandusky, Ohio, congratulations. You have the best theme park in the world, apparently. Maybe Splash Mountain needs to add those little guns that you can shoot at people once they... Once they come down, you can shoot water at people. Oh, yeah. They get, that, <laughs> maybe then they'll get the best water yeah, I'm surprised ride. Disney hasn't done that, actually. <laughs> our, number, our number two story this week, uh, if you're not paying enough to go to Disney World as it is, you can expect the souvenirs that you purchase next year to get even more expensive. In response to the growing issue of quality control on toys and products manufactured in China, 
Disney, along with many other major toy manufacturers, are dramatically increasing the testing and quality control that will be done on their products, and all of this coming at the company's expense. Analysts expect those costs will be passed on to consumers starting next year, and that the increase in the retail price of toys manufactured in China will jump nearly 10%. That's more than twice the current rate of inflation, and would mark the biggest one-time price increase for toys in the last 20 years. For Disney's part, it was hard hit when toy maker Mattel issued a recall of millions of toys after it was discovered that they contained unsafe amounts of lead. Part of that recall included 436,000 cars based on Sarge from Disney Pixar's uh, Cars movie. Disney said it will cost the company several million dollars to perform third-party testing on its toys to ensure safety. While the company has not announced an increase in toy, pri- toy prices for next year, it's all but certain that the cost will be passed on to the consumer. The U.S. toy market has been hit hard this year with several high-profile recalls, including the popular Barbie doll series. A total of nearly three million toys have been recalled this year so far. Wow. So You think it would be cheaper if they're taking the lead out of it? <laughs> <laughs> Unleaded. Unleaded. <laughs> well, you know, here's what gets Unleaded. me though. Here's what gets me is you know, oh, you wanted your Barbie without lead. Oh, that'll be ten percent more. Exactly. You know, <laughs> it should already be that right. way. Um, you and got the high test Barbie. Exactly. You know, and I, I, I never worked in the in that field, but I did have friends who worked in similar fields when I was doing chemistry. Everything that was manufactured was tested. So I don't understand why these – was it because they were trusting the manufacturer to test them? Yes, and certainly. Please trust the quality control measures in China. <laughs> yes. <Exactly. laughs> you know? But, you know, um, in, a, in a somewhat related story, um, Disney's getting – actually, uh, the Chinese government came down pretty hard on Disney. They violated Chinese labor laws. Can you believe that? It's possible to violate Chinese labor laws, apparently. And Disney did it by putting, like, literally 14-year-olds working – 20-hour days being paid like six cents an hour. But the, prob- the problem with this is is that a Disney person is not over there setting up these factories. They hire somebody who hires somebody who hires somebody. Okay, you know what? For the number of people who have gotten busted with sweatshops, by now any company that's doing manufacturing in China ought to be checking it out first. Really? Can okay, Kathy I have no sympathy. I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kathy, like, you know, shops, you're going to have trouble. But I'm just saying, I, I think it's unfair that when these things happen, like the lead in the, in the thing, it's a, it's not like Disney has first-hand control over it. No. They, they outsource and outsource and outsource. And yes, you should have supervision over those outsourcing facilities, but again, I mean, I can't, I can't say Bob Iger should be responsible because a 14-year-old was hired in China. Well, no, the reason, the reason that we are having these problems right now is because everybody wants these cheap toys. Right. You know what? If you're going to go into Walmart and you're going to spend two forty nine for a toy for your kid, you're getting what you pay for. We went to a seminar one time where they showed how pins, you know, the little collectible pins that people trade? We went to a seminar where they showed how they were made, and they had a video up of the people in China doing it, and they all had to wear these special hats and things like this, so there was no um, contaminants or dust in the paint, and they (laughs) used these little tiny spatulas, and after all was said and done, they said, now, does anybody have any questions about the way these pins are made? And one of my friends raised their hands and said, do these people have health insurance? (laughs) And they closed the seminar (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. That's interesting. So, yeah, well, it'd be interesting to see what happens next year. I'll, I'll guarantee you at least 10% increase in toys. And that, pins. That's a big increase. Yep, that will be a very big increase. So we'll see. We'll see. All right, our final story this week. Epcot recently played host to the astronauts of the Space Shuttle Endeavor. 
The astronauts took questions from guests and served as grand marshals of the afternoon parade. The crew in attendance included Commander Scott Kelly, Pilot Charles, Charles Hogaw, and Mission Specialist Tracy Caldwell, Alvin Drew Jr., Richard Mastracchio, Barbara Morgan, and Dave Williams. Barbara Morgan was the first teacher in space, and she received a plaque in her honor at Epcot's Mission Space Pavilion. Morgan had originally trained as backup for Krista McAuliffe, who died during the 1986 Challenger mission. Following the ceremony, the crew conducted an education session with area students and our own Bob Varley. Yes. So, Bob, Bob, you were over there for, uh, for, the, for the festivities. Why don't you tell us a little bit, a I, bit about it? I went into the press event, and uh, I actually saw the unveiling of the plaque, which uh, the plaque reads, uh, Reach for your dreams, the sky is no limit, is what, what the plaque says. And that was Barbara Morgan's plaque? Right. And they did a, a ceremony to unveil it at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. And then we got to... Uh, actually interview some of the astronauts, which I thought was really cool. I got to talk. I was surprised you got that. It's, I was. I, I was surprised, too. I, it, uh, so I got to talk to three of the astronauts. I got to talk to Scott Kelly, uh, Barbara Morgan, and Dave Williams. And uh, Dave Williams uh, did three spacewalks. And so I, I got some audio of talking to him about what it's like out in space. All right, Bob, actually, let's hear some of that first interview, and then we'll move on and talk about the other two. I'm Bob Bali from the Diz Unplugged. Uh-huh. We do a website in uh, Orlando. Oh, good, okay. And what was your uh, job on the mission? I had multiple tasks. It was one of the spacewalkers. It was probably my primary job oh, wow. doing the three spacewalks with Rick. And then uh, in addition to that, I was crew medical officer. I was in charge of post insertion deorbit prep, kind of the, the mid-deck guy who ran the mid-deck and things. Okay. And uh, I was also involved in all the PGSE, the computer, soundboard computer network that we have, setting that up. And and I had to deal with all the IT computer issues during the mission as well. What's it like walking in space? It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you go through all this training in all sorts of different environments, getting you ready to do it, and there's really no single environment on Earth that you can use to get you ready for it. To get ready? Yeah. The first time you stick your head out of the airlock and you look at the Earth a couple hundred miles below you and you're going 25 times the speed of sound, it's really breathtaking. That's incredible. Yeah. And you're always worried about something getting away from you and... Yeah, I think, you know, during the spacewalks, the choreography keeps you really, really busy the whole time. But when you're doing tasks where you're drilling different bolts and you have to change the the sockets on the uh, PGT, it's basically the electric drill that we use, all of those are an opportunity for anything to go awry, you know, for you to lose the socket. You have to inventory everything and make sure you bring it all back and all the parts fit and no extra space left over. And you know what that reminded me of is doing operations, you know, where you're doing a six seven-hour surgical procedure, and you have to account for every instrument. You yeah. can't lose everything. You know, you've got somebody that's keeping track every step of the procedure. So, yeah, it was very reminiscent. When you're out there, is it hot? Uh, it depends where you are. You know, it can vary from being hot to being cold. So we have a temperature control valve. It's uh, basically the thermostat for the suit. You adjust that accordingly. But uh, up on the Z1 area of the station, it can get fairly warm during a, sun, uh, during a day pass. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Right. It's my pleasure. Thank you. The second person I talked to was Gott Kelly, and he's the commander uh, of the, the sh- uh, shuttle orbiter. And I had asked him about the, the damage on the bottom of the shuttle that had 
I mean, the press seemed to be yeah, very so he was concerned. afraid to die coming home. Yeah. So I asked him that question, and here's what he said. Congratulations on oh, your flight. You. Uh, how was the uh, that piece of foam that hit the bottom of the shuttle? Any any damage? You know, after you went and saw it. Well, we had a uh, you know, as you've seen in the, the, the press and pictures, we had the damage on the bottom of the orbiter. Yeah, it was minimal, very small. A lot of concern before you came back, though, right? Uh, I think in the media there was a lot of concern. I think in the people that do the uh, analysis and, and understood the problem, uh, once the analysis and the testing was complete, there was very little concern. Okay. Okay. Congratulations. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. It's very cool. It's very cool you got to talk to all of them. That was awesome. I was, yeah, you know, it was just something. I got to talk to astronauts. And, you know, that's for me. I'm always into the NASA thing and the Kennedy Space Center. And uh, to go along with this, uh, Kennedy Space Center brought over the some of the information and a a 115th model of uh, what they're going to go to after they go to the – from the shuttle. Oh, the really? program. So for the landing on the moon and uh, going to Mars. Did you so get the, pictures, I, I, I assume? I did get pictures. And uh, I also, when I was over in that side, we shot a picture of me in a spacesuit. And I had a helmet on. Oh, we have to see that. Were you wearing a diaper? No diaper. <laughs> no diaper for me. And we also shot some video of me in the space helmet. Uh, that might be a little funny. Okay. Cool. All right, cool. You need a T-shirt that says, I heart space. I heart space. <laughs> I, I do. And, you know, I, I was, I'm just to, just to go about this a little more, I was pleased to see that they actually brought the astronauts over to mission space and uh, bring a little more highlight to it than just over in the Kennedy Space Center or, or back in... Uh, Texas, uh, it showed a little more light to the situation. And then they had this program for the kids in the classroom that uh, they did a thing on. And they actually brought uh, seeds into space to, and then brought them back. And they, the kids are doing a program where they compare a seed, the same seeds that never went up into space and the ones that are in space to see what's going to happen. So that's a trial that's going to go on in the next uh, three months. So I thought that was pretty cool for that the kids. That is cool. I, I think it's really cool when Disney does anything like this. I mean, it's great PR for them, absolutely. Yeah. But it's uh, at the same time, I think it's it's unusual because most people would really never get a chance to talk to these guys. So bringing them to Epcot where there are a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, they had them out there twice. They had them out there for the press, and then they had another, another event for the – for people that were in the park that day. And and not for nothing. Not for nothing, you know, NASA could use all the good publicity it can get. Oh, absolutely. So this is smart. I thought this was a, this is a pretty cool pretty cool yeah, thing. So, but it was great you were able to talk to some of them though. Oh yeah. I had a great time. Cool. Well, thank you very much for that, Bob. That will do it for the news this week. We're going to move on and do our rapid fire segment. All right. And who would like to go first for rapid fire this week? Oh, I Okay, I will. 
<laughs> I thought Julie was going to get all at Julie. Kevin. We're waiting for Julie or Bob. Did you to see what all I, all I did, though? All I had to do was give him a look, and Kevin's like, okay, I will. I don't really want to go first. Somebody else do it. I don't want to go first. I'll go first. Uh, that's funny. Okay. Yeah. You, I really don't want to go first. All right. Whoever wants, somebody go. I'll go. Uh, Pete. Uh, I have uh, news about Night of Joy for 2008. I have a rapid fire. (laughs) That's what I was expecting, and he didn't do it. Sorry, Bob. (laughs) You're supposed to say, I have a rapid fire. That's what you always say. Okay. Pete, I have a rapid fire. There you go. Uh, (laughs) Next year's Night of Joy, they announced that it's moving from the Magic Kingdom over to Disney Studios. Okay. And the MGM uh, I almost said MGM, but well, it can be MGM. I Disney's mean, Hollywood Studios is what they're going to well, call it. We're going to keep calling maybe. it MGM, uh, which I think is a really cool thing. It it gives them a lot more options. They get more stages to put acts, uh, bands, and things on. Mm-hmm. You got the stunt show area to, that they can do a, a band. You have the Beauty and the Beast stage that, while the stunt show is going on. No. <laughs> I, I was in sure. danger. <laughs> I wasn't sure where he was going with it. It's like this stunt show. I'm like, why? Is, are, are like Christians really in the stunt shows and I didn't know it? Or what? No, no, no. They're, they're, they're going to set stages up for, for the oh, music. Oh, okay. I see. So they have, you know, the stadiums that seat 5,000 people. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just picturing like a big truck, you know, like the big trucks that crunch over the cars and like this big choir singing, you know. <laughs> Another train wreck. Sorry. Praise Jesus and watch out for the helicopter. (laughs) The interesting thing I found in the article was... uh, More interesting than this? More interesting than this. Is that they they mentioned the Backlot Theater, which will be open in time for the event. Now, the Backlot Theater, as far as I know, is the hunchback of Notre Dame Theater. That is correct. So this is, is like a hint there that something's going in to that area they're going to reopen that what? up again well yeah. it mentions that it which will be reopened in time for the for the event so something's coming up uh i don't know what it is but something's coming up for that area well i don't want to i don't think anyone else is going to mention this but the uh, the harlem gospel choir is going to be performing in that same theater in november and december of this year yeah uh, we're going to that yeah that's gonna be really great so, so the theater's going to be open before then, November twenty, November thirtieth is actually yeah. when they start to appear there. But uh, it, this gives them a lot of more, a lot, a lot of more, a lot more options to to show these different bands. It does seem like a better fit than the Magic. Oh, yeah. absolutely! As soon as as soon as I read it, I said, "Why didn't they do this before?" And, you know, they got all these different areas. The Indiana Jones stage, they can they can do a concert in there. Right. But you got to remember too the Magic Kingdom does hold a lot more people. So if the, this may be an indication that they're not getting the same crowds they were getting before. Mm. Well, here's the deal. It's definitely going to be at they they've already announced the venues are going to be the Backlot Theater, the Lights Motor Action Stunt Show and Sorcerer Mickey Stages. So that's where the, the venues are going to be performed. Right. And this is for next year, not this year. Correct. Right. September September 5th and 6th, 2008. So get your Get your uh, reservations now for next year. Yeah, this year. year's already passed. Yeah, they already did. They, yeah, that's right. They, both uh, Universal and Disney both but had we were, successful. We were on vacation, so I, yeah. I didn't know anything was happening. No, I, no, thought every, I thought everything stopped when we didn't do the show. So that's my rapid fire. All right. Thank you, Bob and Mrs. Martin. 
Um, Disneyland is having the Happiest Haunts Tour starting September 21st, and it will go through October 31st. It's a two-hour walking tour that takes you on a spooky adventure all over the Disneyland Resort. Um, the Haunted Mansion Holiday is the final destination, but you'll also get the chance to ride Big Thunder Mountain Railroad and the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. They'll give you a souvenir keepsake. There are two daily tours. They are at 6 p.m. and 6.20 p.m. Participants are recommended to be 40 inches tall, and this event is not recommended for strollers, ECVs, or wheelchairs because you have to transfer to the ride. Right. And then theme park admission is required, and then it's an additional $59 per person, and there are no discounts offered. But it sounds like a lot of fun. It does. I wish yeah, they it does. did it here. And your tour at your tour guide is supposed to be a mysterious person so <laughs> what are they supposed to be mysterious <laughs> that would be me <laughs> bringing me into california to do this yeah how does he the eyes that went with and the yeah. head shake and the head bob <laughs> well I, I thought about saying twilight zone tower of terror but i didn't <laughs> <laughs> that was a good instinct <laughs> Go with it. <laughs> Follow that. Oh man! <laughs> All right, thank you, Mrs. Martin, Mr. Martin. Well, downtown Disney, the Marketplace Bus Loop is going to be going through refurbishment for the rest of September. Um, guests are going to have to use the Pleasure Island bus stop for resort transportation. Oh, also, no. the um, yeah, it's pretty far. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> That's not convenient at all. <laughs> <laughs> Just walk back. <laughs> yeah, you're closer. And also, the um, the American Adventure film has been updated. Uh, the Golden Dreams, the Imagineers have updated this. the The show was created, well, the attraction was created in 1982, and the last update that they've done was in 1992. So you can imagine how many things have changed. They've repositioned some elements throughout the show, and they've incorporated about 115 images during the same song. Um, they still can maintain the the same smooth soaring pace that they always had. I found this quote pretty interesting. Um, with the MTV generation, people are able to take in more imagery than they used to, says digi- digital media producer, director of theme park productions, Ken Horry. So the format allowed us to fit... What's his name? <laughs> Ken Horry. H-O-R-I-I. I'm sorry. I'll guarantee you it's pronounced differently than that. Yeah, I think so too. And I know he really, really appreciates Horry, it. maybe. I don't know. No telling. You've been Corey. sitting too close to me. That's also, I think that also is... I think that should be your last name, Corey Horry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I think that's also true of now with our our uh, news. CNN, you've got this crawl on the bottom and things popping up at you and people talking to you. I think people today are more in tune to multiple... Oh, the pace is insane. Yeah. No. It's insane. Invariably, you get the last three words of that crawl and think... What did they just say? <laughs> think, oh, thank God for TiVo. Yeah. <laughs> go back back that up a little bit. <laughs> Are one of those 1 in 15 images Bob in his spacesuit? Yeah. Okay. That would be... I think that's two of them. Yeah, what do you I can't wait to see the Bob in his spacesuit. There's also been some added technology. Um, they're using new technology to get closer to the original creative vision of this uh, film. They stepped up the existing images. They've, manip- manip- they've manipulated new ones in subtle ways. And they've also added images of Rosa Parks. Now that they've had Ooh. the uh, now that she's dead, <laughs> they had the technology <laughs> to do it. Now um, they've actually what they didn't have the technology in 1992 <laughs> to add an image of Rosa Parks. It's Rosa Parks singing with Celine Dion. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> this is brought to you by Corey Horry. <laughs> <laughs> 
kill me. You spent too much time with me the other day. Uh, oh, oh, man. No. Just, <laughs> they couldn't take Rose apart. <laughs> that's what they said. This announcement said they, they didn't have the technology. That's hilarious. <laughs> and what's the lead to Sorry you? that we hijacked your rapid fire there, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're going to pick one like that. You just you can't put that out there for us and expect us not to bite. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. Oh, that's too funny. That's too funny. Rosa Parks taking what's See now, I, I I think I was one of the only people that loved no, we that on American Idol when they did no, that. No, you so weren't. I bought that. I, I paid for so it did, on yeah. my iTunes. I on my iPod. loved. I thought that was amazing it how was they amazing. did that. Really I fast was. forwarded. Uh, yeah, a lot of people <laughs> did. A lot of people did. It did not get uh, good I think, buzz afterwards. I think beyond the idea of was it right to do and not right to do with his image, the technology was spectacular. Yes, oh, yeah, you for can't sure. doubt that exactly. But it, you know, there's a lot of discussion as should they have done it or should they not have done it, but. Oh, I thought that was fantastic. He's dead. He's not coming back. Get over it. But Lisa, what's Marie, he gonna do, Suya? She just did it too. Yeah, I know she did. <laughs> she did a duet of "In the Ghetto." That's one and of my it, favorites. It, well, it, me too. But this was cheesy. Really? Well, thank you, Corey. That was great. You're welcome, Corey. <laughs> Corey Horry. Corey Horry. <laughs> really appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, goodness. Kevin, we'll move on to you. I have something that's not anywhere near as amusing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's work with it. Uh, Cinderella's Royal Castle has announced a price increase. Uh, just about everything has, starting November 11th, everything has gone up a dollar. Uh, breakfast went from, for ages 10 and up, goes from thirty one ninety nine to thirty two ninety nine. Uh, lunch is actually $2, dollars thirty three ninety nine to thirty five ninety nine. Kids go up a dollar at breakfast and lunch as well, and dinner goes from thirty nine to forty or thirty nine ninety nine to forty ninety nine. The big news, however, is that there will be holiday pricing. Oh boy. The, this I, I just blows my mind. At the most, uh, the busiest times, uh, November eighteenth through the twenty fourth for Thanksgiving, December sixteenth through January fifth for the holidays, March sixteenth through the 29th for. St. Patrick's Day? <laughs> and May 25th through... Um, is Easter uh, falling Easter, that Easter. early? Because uh, <laughs> everyone goes to Cinderella's for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> you know, I was thinking Mardi Gras. <laughs> they have blue beer. <laughs> Drink with a princess. <laughs> really? um, finish this and you get a crown. Um, and May 25th through July 5th. Uh, breakfast goes from thirty one ninety nine to thirty six ninety nine. Lunch goes from 32 to Thirty nine ninety nine, and dinner goes from thirty uh, forty ninety nine to forty four ninety nine. Already a marginally good breakfast at best, a marginally good breakfast, and now they're going to start yielding their prices up on holidays. Have you ever heard of a restaurant doing that? Have you ever heard of a restaurant charging you more? No, on a I, holiday for the same meal for the same meal that you're going to get. The week before, no. that is absolutely. I've heard ridiculous. Of restaurants well, I've heard having, of restaurants doing having special meals. Yes. Having special meals. That's yes, different. this is charging more for the same I would, thing. I would simply hope because to think the they, holiday. they were going to have a special meal for it. So when people tell me I'm crazy when I say Disney makes decisions that really kind of come across as contemptuous of their guests, this is what I'm talking about. 
Now, the good news in all of this is that the princess storybook dining hasn't changed. This makes this, if you're looking for a character interaction with the princesses, this makes this a bargain. Absolutely. Because instead of being $31.99 for breakfast off-season, it's twenty two ninety nine, and that doesn't change at the holidays. So instead of paying thirty six ninety nine, if you can get a reservation, it's mm-hmm. twenty two ninety nine. So if you're just looking to, you know, have some princess FaceTime, go to Epcot. And yep. that's what I was going to say. Was the the problem with this meal is is that no one really eats. Everybody's looking for the princess, wants to talk to the princess. Let's get the autograph. Let's do this. Kids don't eat at all, mm-hmm. and parents eat very little because they have they're watching the kids. So you know, go over to Norway and get the same character interaction. Get very good food and pay less. Yeah, you guys did that. Uh, you did a lunch, a character lunch over there. I did. And I thought it was great. I mean, we didn't have breakfast. Breakfast is a pretty standard breakfast. It's things like, you know, scrambled eggs, bacon, sausage, cheese, Danish, fresh fruit. Um, that's breakfast. Lunch right. is a little different at Norway. You get the Norwegian specialties and things like that. However, as John says, no one's really there to eat. No yeah. one's going in to think, you know, I'm going to have lunch today. You're going in to meet the princesses. So it's a, it's a better deal as far as I'm concerned, as far as price. Uh, I have one other thing. There will be a special uh, Disney World Easter dining, Cinderella's Royal Table. Holiday pricing will be in effect for that. Boma is offering breakfast at $18.99, the regular buffet menu with special menu items just for Easter, including an enhanced omelet section, as well as smoked salmon. Uh... Dinner will be twenty seven ninety nine, and the regular buffet with special menu items just for Easter, including roast lamb and carved ham. Victoria Alberts is having uh, two seatings at five thirty and six fifteen. I'm sorry, five thirty to six fifteen and nine o'clock to nine forty five. Price is one hundred and thirty five dollars per de- per guest. Tax and gratuity and alcohol are additional. Uh, <laughs> you really. And Citrico's is regular menu with special holiday items of roasted lamb chops. Menu and prices are subject to change without notice. So those are the holiday meals at the more expensive restaurants. Great. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. John. Pete, have you heard about uh, Disney Vacation Club has made an offer to the, the, the owners at Old Key West to extend their contracts? No. Yep. The letter went out from... Uh, Disney Vacation Club to all the members of Old Key West. And basically what they're doing is they're going to offer people to extend from the current termination date of 2042 to 2057. You're going to add 15 years, and this has to do with the 15-year anniversary of Disney Vacation Club and Old Key West being the first resort in there. They're going to charge $25 per point. So however many points you have, it's $25 to extend it for 15 years. Um, there's going to be a special meeting of the Disney Vacation Club Condominium Association on September 24th at 2 p.m. at the Contemporary, and they're going to vote on this to find out if they're going to do this or not. All sounds pretty good, right? Sounds yeah. like, you know. Yeah, it does. Sounds okay? Here's the catch. They're not really doing this as a perk. It's kind of like it's going to pass whether or not anyone has any say in it. And what they're going to do is they're going to put a lien on everyone's contract for the value of this 15-year increase. And if you don't pay that money, there's a lien against that contract. And then once the contract's over, to satisfy the lien, they take back your Disney Vacation Club membership. So it's kind of like they're forcing people to do this. Isn't this very weird? Isn't this very nebulous of Disney? I, well, I would be surprised if that was legal. 
that seems to be one of the questions that's coming up on the discussion boards. Is this legal? Can Disney do Why this? Why would DVC do something so boneheaded? Well, it, after your contract's up, you don't own anything anyway, right? Correct. Correct. So, so I mean, what's the difference between saying we're going to offer you this to, to take it or not take it, but instead of doing that, what they're doing is they're placing a lien against your property. Even it if you don't take like, it? Correct. If you don't take it, there's a lien against your property for the value of $25 per point. If you do take it, then the lien is removed. That doesn't sound right. I, it's all very, very strange to me. Are you going to go to the... Uh... Yeah, you guys have a cruise, right? Yeah, we're going. We're leaving Sunday. Okay, so we'll probably do our next podcast a little early. Yeah, we'll probably do it Saturday. Okay, so I think we're going to go to this meeting and find out what's going on with this. Are they going to have snacks? Because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound exciting at I all. I sincerely doubt it. Well, they will, but it be $25 per snack is what they'll charge you. <laughs> but if you don't buy it. <laughs> It'd be like right. a lean against your points. So it's all very weird, and there's a lot of discussion on the DVC board, which is very good. We love that people are talking about it. What is this going to do to resale values? What is this going to do to your ability to rent points and not rent points? But it's just all very, very odd. Yeah, you, you might not be able to sell it if you have a lien against it. Right. Almost if you have a lien against it. Yeah. And, and no, you can't. You can't sell. You can't it if you sell it if you have a lien against it. So what do you do? Do you satisfy the lien? Do you sell it with a lien on it, and the person who buys it has to accept that lien? It's all. I don't know. I don't understand Disney's logic in this. I don't think they they can't change the terms of the contract you signed. There was a, a contract was signed. They have to. They can't. They can't change it. They can't say no. You have to give us. 15 but if the more contract ended in 2042, it, your contract comes to an end. I don't think that's changing the terms of that contract. But what, what these guys are saying is, how can they put a lien against your current contract? A, yeah, lien, a, a, a lien implies that you owe them something. Right. That you are you are in default on something that you owed them. And that until they're paid back for what they're owed, they're going to have a lien on your property. That is what a lien is for. I don't think you can put a lien on a property without there being a court process, without some kind of judicial process, because a lien is punitive. And I don't see how you can take a contract that somebody's already signed, turn around and say, we're going to change the terms of it, and if you don't agree to that, we're going to put a lien against you. I, something doesn't sound right. I mean, you may already have paid off your your loan. Yeah. Now, the other question I have is, if they do put the lien on for the 25 points, are they going to charge you interest too? Well, if you finance it, you'd have to. They, they're going to give you the ability to finance it. Okay. But if you do that, then you're paying interest on the loan. But if you pay for it outright, then no, it's just now, a $25 if this per is ex- If this is truly what they're going to do, then uh, they've. I think they've picked the wrong group of people to mess with. In DVC owners, these are very passionate, very smart, very smart people who are going to figure out every angle and they're going to hold their feet to the fire. Disney Vacation Club has gone through it before. I think there's a piece of this we're missing. I, something doesn't sound complete here. Something's something's missing. So I'll go to we'll the meeting find, and yep. we'll see if we can find out. I wonder if we could tape the meetings. I wonder if I can record it. Probably not. Well, the law in the state is that you can record a, a board meeting, right? Right. Yeah. Any condo, any um, homeowners association, homeowners association is allowed to be recorded. That's the that's the Sunshine Act. Sunshine law, true. Yeah, All right, so. we'll see. All right, well, thank you very much, John. Appreciate that. Uh, for me, I've got the uh, haunted Halloween wagon rides for 2007 uh, at the Fort Wilderness Resort. You get a haunted wagon with a Vineland mystery, magic, or myth theme. 
Price is $15 for plus tax for ages 10 and up, $10 plus tax ages 3 to 9. This goes on on a variety of dates between October 12th and October 31st, although it goes on every day for the, from the 24th to the 31st. Tickets are sold on a first-come, first-served basis at the Fort Wilderness Kennel from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. on the date of the ride. I'll include all the individual dates on the show notes page. Once that day's allotment is sold out, a sign will be posted in the parking lot. If tickets are still available, they can be purchased at Pioneer, Pioneer Hall starting at 6 p.m. Standby will be offered, but will not be guaranteed that you'll be able to ride. So these are popular. The Haunted Hayrides at yeah. Fort Wilderness are very popular. So i got to do this this year. Did you mention the pricing? Yeah, $15 for uh, adults plus tax, $10 plus tax to ages 3 to 9. And uh, discounts. You can also rent the rent the whole wagon for like three hundred and fifty. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Yeah, you can you can get entire up to thirty guests yeah. beginning on October first. Uh, you can for three hundred and fifty dollars, you can get uh, up to thirty people on your own hayride. It's kind of cool. That does yeah. sound fun. If you can get thirty people together, how many people travel with that many people? I don't know. In the Diz, they'll probably come up with a group. Yeah, that's true. Let's see if that that's happens. True. That's cool. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for Rapid Fire this week. We're going to move on to our next segment. Mrs. Martin is going to tell us about her most recent store tour. And what do you have for us this week? Well, we went to France. And I did let uh, some of the ladies know on the boards who have been you know, chatting on my um, Julie's shopping segment. Thread, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> the correct word to use. Um, and guys, so I don't leave you out. And I told them to be looking forward to it. So um, <clears throat> we did go there. But I didn't mention last time that on the Epcot map, the guide map, there are no shops listed. There's no shopping guide on that map. There's no indication anywhere that there are shops in each of these countries. Hmm. None whatsoever. I found that very strange. That's odd. So I feel like I'm doing something really good here. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> doing the Lord's work <laughs> for shopping. It's a day of joy. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Well, we started out in the first store, the Plume et Palette. Please excuse me, my French accent is not very good. Either is mine. <laughs> really, <Haven't>? Bob? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you spoke I just, fluently. I, yeah, I can't speak French. Yeah, French class was a long time ago. But this is your perfume and cologne store. It's the only thing they sell there. Um, things like Chanel, Escada. Um, Lacoste, which is made in the UK. So I found that kind of strange. So they carried that. And then also Givenchy. Is that how you say it? Uh, uh, Givenchy. Givenchy. I knew Peter would know. So the two Parisian perfumes that they carry are Jean Patou and Anique Goutal, which is one of the oldest in France, the Anique Goutal. And I did smell some of theirs. And no offense to anyone, but they smell a little bit like my grandmother. You know, like it's a it's a heavy kind yeah. of an older smell, so it really wasn't to my liking. Um, but she did tell me that they sell a lot of it. Aren't they still selling the Guerlain stuff there too? One moment. There's a I whole, apologize. Oh, I jumped. No, ahead. it's okay. <laughs> There's a whole shop that's just Guerlain, or however you said it. Okay. Yeah, I don't really. I've know heard how it pronounced pronounce both it. ways. Right. They have an entire shop that's dedicated just to their um, stuff. stuff. I was trying to think of the word. Product. Product. But also in the the first little store, they offer Eiffel Tower sort of gifts, pillboxes, wallets, purse mirrors, small crystal versions of the Eiffel Tower. So, you know, those are typical 
cheesy souvenirs, in my opinion. The Guerlain Shop, which carries only that brand. I wanted to mention that first store is also the character meet and greet area for oh, yeah, the um, library in the Beauty back. and the Beast and Belle. So they carry perfume, cosmetics, and there's a face care line as well. The two most popular fragrances are Shalimar and Samsara, which are also two of the oldest. And they sell more of My Insolence, which is a newer scent. None of those smell good to me, by the way. <laughs> Shalimar you didn't like? I really didn't. I really didn't like any of wow, them. Wow, I sound like Shalimar. I mean, but for me, I like smelled, to smell it on. I have been smelling a lot of perfumes and colognes, so maybe just by that time I wasn't into it. Yeah. Um, you were fatigued. Yeah. It was rather expensive uh, for a tube of lip gloss, which is like less than an ounce. It was $26, just to Ooh. give you an idea of how much things cost there. The next store that we went to was the wine store, the Les Vins de France, which is actually three stores in one. As you walk through, you have the wine shop, then you have um, more of your wine accessories, such as you know corkscrews and things like that, and you keep going. It's a shop with nothing but products from Provence. So they have a huge selection of French wines and champagnes. They have glasses, fancy corks. They have the huge bar corkscrew machine that you can attach to your counter, which I thought was really cool, but I don't wow. really need that. <laughs> yeah, how much wine do you drink? Yeah, really. <laughs> um, the assembly line corkscrew remover. <laughs> If you need one of them, you might have a problem. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I could just do with the one that pops it right out, the tiny one. But they do also have Eiffel Tower cups, plates, mugs, bowls, glasses, and saucers that are kind of a cream color with your, your black print of the Eiffel Tower. The wine cooler, uh, which is a plastic... I don't know how to explain it. I guess it looks like a wine bucket, except it's plastic. It can fill it with water, obviously. It freezes, keeps your wine cool. And they also have a bag that can carry up to six bottles of wine. Say you're going to like a, uh, a party, you're having a wine tasting or something, it'd be easy to carry. Stone coasters and plaques with the French imagery on them. If you know what I'm talking about, like posters or um, like from certain French products like foods or soaps, you know how they imprint them on things. Like a label. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things. Oh, I lost my place. Then the French snacks and chocolates. Uh, Maxim's de Paris was the one that they had out the most and it, it i didn't taste any because they don't have like a tasting but it was kind of expensive so i'm assuming it might be good your french cookbooks are found here and also they have wine bottles that are filled with peppercorns that are decorated really cool and of course they sell the grinder with it which i thought would look nice on someone's kitchen counter and then cutting boards and aprons with maps of paris and again your french labels on them now the next store or the section of the store that was my favorite was the section where all of your products came mostly from Provence. This had rooster themed cutting boards and rolling pins and antique reproduction milk bottles. I'm really into the rooster imagery. It's I got it from my mother. Some people pick on me, but I love them. Corey, you am taking notes for the Christmas buying season. I've already got it. Okay. Bob. <laughs> I'm just checking. <laughs> but also, um, if you remember from Robin Hood, the rooster that tells the story, his name is Chanticleer. It's French for rooster. Do you have one of those? Roosters? A rooster? Yeah. No. How come? <laughs> my dogs would kill a rooster. I think he's talking about on the family farm. Oh, <laughs> like, I can't have a rooster in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me translate from Bob into English for you. Well, I, yes, my mother has many roosters. No, I thought... You could buy you these have to remember. plates and things. She has when you mini look at roosters, Bob. like tiny little roosters. <laughs> Lots of. Oh, bunches. many roosters. Yeah, I thought. Oh, never mind. <laughs> uh, 
I thought you were really talking about Louisiana. I thought you were tra- talking about souvenirs. No, it's okay. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> they also sell Emile Henry cookware. It's all red, very nice cookware. A little more on the higher end. Um, it's something that maybe you could put on your wedding registry <laughs> if you're looking for something like that. They sell wooden kitchen utensils that are made in France. Um, Marat de Avignon. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But they make dresses for small children, uh, girls, um, kitchen linens, pot holders, placemats, coin purses, and even little hair scrunchies, which I found a little weird. But it's very um, Vera Bradley-esque. It looks like those purses, all this stuff, which made me think about your mom, Kevin. Um <laughs> My favorite thing in the store were the soaps, uh, E. Barrett and Company. They sell soaps, lotions, and candles. And I brought one for you guys to smell. Oh, God. Sorry. See, I just bumped conta- Corey in the head. It's <laughs> contagious. Everyone, Everyone's uh, bringing props. Julie has props. Okay, this is the pear. And this is shea butter soap made in Provence as a product of France. And it's uh, shipped from France by a company um, in California. So here, I'll let you guys How smell. How do they do that? They're in California. It's seven ounces of soap for $7, and you can buy them individually gift-wrapped as well for 8 bucks. And then I also bought an ocean and a wild rose. I'll pass it around. I think you guys can still kind of smell it in there. Corey and I have been using these, the wild rose and the ocean, for over for a month now. And it's still a pretty nice-sized bar. It's not anywhere... Near going you brought down. the used bars of soap to the round table. Mm. I did not bring the used wrappers. bars. <laughs> I brought the wrapper. This is really nice. It isn't it? That's and really the ocean, nice. it smells really nice. It's more manly, I think. Yeah, so that's I like why that. I put it in the shower for him. But he even uses the wild rose when he uses the bathtub, don't you? <laughs> 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 Come, out Come out smelling like a rose. <laughs> when you fill up the bubble bath with your bath salts <laughs> and light the candles. Is that when you're Cory Hori? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These soaps are made from palm and copra oils. Um, They're great. There are some scents in there that are a little strong, but I know, Peter, you're like me, and so are you, Kevin, you know, in the fancy soaps. So definitely take a look at those. I like the ocean one. Yeah, it's a really good smelling one. The I last, love those ones Regina gave me that I have in the bathroom. Aren't those phenomenal? Those are. I like the names. They're cool. Dirty Hippie, isn't it? Yeah, Dirty Hippie, and there's another one I can't remember, but I always read them when I go in there. The last shop is the Souvenirs de France, which is um, the store where if you watch the French show, what's it called? I can't remember. But anyway, it lets you out into the souvenir store. Now, to me, this is the typical souvenir shop. Obviously, you have your mini Eiffel Towers, your Aristocat souvenirs, obviously, and berets, T-shirts, and purses with your Parisian logos printed on them. But they also have books on French artists, books on Paris, and books about the French language. So you could actually learn a little bit. I was reading the backs of some of these. Um, I would recommend, it's a book called Almost French by Sarah Turnbull. It's actually a memoir about her living in Paris, which I plan to go back and buy. As you can see, I like to be clean, and I like to read. (laughs) (laughs) Reading in the bathtub. Do they have, do they have parasols? That would make a great shirt, wouldn't it? A parasol? <laughs> yeah, a parasol. No, there weren't any out, parasols. Over on the cot, over out on the street? No, I, I didn't. Are you talking about the umbrellas? Yeah, them. Oh. It, I, there's not, it was storming. Yeah, we it was raining when we were there. Shut yeah. down. So there wasn't anything out and about. No. I have a great Groucho Marx quote about a book. Go ahead. Outside of a dog, a book is a man's best friend. Inside a dog, it's too dark to read. <laughs> <laughs> you would have yelled at me if I had said that. 
Yeah, but mine made sense. Yeah. That was nice. That was cool. There yeah. are kid books as well. Um, Gaspard and Lisa, which I'd never heard of. These are all French children's books. Madeline, which most of you should have heard of. And there were also introductory books to Van Gogh and Monet, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, Ratatouille gear, obviously. T-shirts, stuffed animals. And they even have this little cooking Remy. You turn him on and he stirs. It's hilarious. <laughs> um there was something I forgot to mention last time about the UK, but they have these books. It's called either My London Sketchbook, My Paris Sketchbook. I'm assuming they have these in every country, but I don't know yet. It's a book by Alan Boulduri. I may be pronouncing that not right. I may not. But it's a book just full of pencil sketches, watercolors that this person has drawn all over each city. And I, you know, thumb through it. They're really nice. Really nice coffee table book. One of the other things, uh, something that I think is a little unique, it's called Latitude Enfant. They are soft educational toys for infants, and they are from France. They have several different ones. Uh, the Cat Stacker, which is basically, if you know, it's a kid's toy. It's Fisher-Price. It stands up and you stack the little rings. I don't yes. know what it's called, no. but it looks exactly like that. Toy. But it's a cat. Does have it have a, lead paint? This is all soft. Soft. No These are cloth, okay. yeah, so that they're good for infants. So a soft bowling set, a sound cube, and they also have granimals. They're different animals with names. I thought they were kind of cute. They sell postcards and photos that you can, you know, frame, keep in your house, whatever. French mints and maps and tour books. And that's it. How were the prices of the books? Were they like what you'd find in a regular bookstore? Normal bookstore prices, yes. Oh, that's good to know. There was not any... Jacking up of the prices. Not like Disney markup of it. How right. about how about in the, this, the wine? You said they had a, a wine store. Was the price of the wine in there comparable to what you'd normally pay, or was it Disney wine prices? It was a little more. It was a little more. Was yeah. It? yeah, it really was. You can also do wine tasting over there too. Mm-hmm. Obviously, for a small fee. Oh, of <laughs> which is really expensive. Yeah. And they only let you. They give you like an ounce, I think. Yeah. If that. For what you get, it's yeah. expensive. I mean, we had a good time, but it was storming by this time, so you know we were trying to kind. Kind of trying to hurry up and get through it. But um, definitely the soaps and those educational toys for infants. I just thought those were some of the neatest things that I've seen in a while. So. Yeah, they also cool. have a Van Gogh tie if you'd like that. Yeah, they did have <laughs> the cheesy tacky. stuff, you know, Van Gogh printed on like a hair clip. I'm like, come <laughs> on. He is spinning in his grave. Really? <laughs> so, but we did have a good time. And Corey, yeah, you took some photos, right? I did. I did what I could. It was kind of hard because it was such a nasty day. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Julie. Appreciate the report. All right. We're going to move on to our next segment. And some of the folks here had a chance to experience the changes to the Haunted Mansion of the Magic Kingdom. It was down for rehab for several months. And we've all been kind of anxious. I was the only one, really, I guess, who did not get over there to see it. And uh, so I'm kind of anxious to hear, hear about it. So who wants to go first? It is very, very cool. It is. Really cool. It The changes that were made will appeal to the purists of the Haunted Mansion. There's not any big changes where someone's going to say, oh, I can't believe they screwed right. that up. But they also made changes that were unbelievable yeah. as far as new stuff in there. Yeah. Who wants to describe them? Well, there's that there's that one room with all the stairs. It's, the M.C. Escher room? Very M.C. Escher-esque. Yeah. Well, what happens when you first go in, the, the first new thing you see is there's a new hallway. Mm-hmm. There's a new hallway that's built. So you first go into the Doom Buggies. There's a uh, bank of fake windows to your left, and there's a storm outside, and it's lightning. 
Then they turn the doom buggies towards the other wall, and there are new pictures up, paintings up. And as the light flashes, the pictures change. So there's a um, a knight riding a horse, and as the lightning flashes, you see the skeleton of the mm-hmm. knight. It's almost like horse. a blacklight yeah. kind almost of effect. Like right. so I like cool. the one with the woman laying on the couch, and when it flashes, she looks like a tiger. Yeah, that's very that's cool. That's a really cool yeah. one. So that sort of is reminiscent of Disneyland's yeah. uh, opening thing. You first go in, you go in through the hallway. Then it's the same scene with the piano. Mm-hmm. Then you start to go up the ramp a little bit. and then Up the staircase. Up the staircase. And that's when they do that. You it's, can see the ghost footsteps. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's all stairway. You see the bottom of stairways, but there's like 40 of them. They lead to nowhere. And, they and all they're, lead they're to all nowhere. interconnected. And you're looking at them from underneath. Sort hmm. of. And as you can see the ghosts walking up, and as the ghost puts their footprint down, it outlines, and then it sort of fades away. Yeah, very it does. Cool. Like smoke. Wow. It's like smoke. It's a very, very cool effect. Yeah. It's, in my opinion, they've taken out some of the cheap theme park dark ride effects. The heads popping up and screaming at you. The giant spider um, neon glow in the, the carnival like <laughs> exactly the cheap carnival the of dark spider. ride effects. The, the 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 neon spider in the spider web that's gone. And what they've done is they've put in some, in my opinion, higher tech mm-hmm. Disney right. mm-hmm. effects. You know how the the wallpaper is the eyes, sort of like scary that eyes on the right, wallpaper. Right. There are parts where you you turn and you face those eyes and they light up and glow and it's like and a three D effect and they kind of move and they kind of merge into the wall and they yeah. fade into the yeah. oh. oh wow it's very very cool they've touched none of the the long standing well loved things the banquet scene has remained the banquet scene but they've added a lot to that they did add yeah a lot there's to a hearse backed up to the door now with a coffin kind of you know falling out of it. I didn't notice that. That's very yeah, cool. Well, we we went to stay there for 10 minutes. <laughs> the first time <laughs> we were on it, we, <laughs> our car stopped for five minutes in front of those pictures. Uh-huh. So we were staring at the pictures for about five A minutes. A while. And then we stopped at the ballroom scene, which is, if you're going to stop, that's, that's, a place, that's yeah. the place yeah. to stop. Yeah. We, we were there for there's about a, 10 minutes. There's that's a lot the people to loading into the car, probably. No, this, no, was, this was, was a long time, Kevin. I mean, way too long Maybe for someone just getting Because they came running into the the area we were in. And so there were, there were a lot of changes in the ballroom scene, a lot of additions. Nothing mm-hmm. was really taken away. Did you notice thinking. the ghost laying under the table? Yes. I saw one pop up, who oh, I've never seen before. Under the table, the, the legs Yeah, were there's a birthday the cake table. on the table now yeah. that she blows out the candles. It's really cool. And then yeah. were the ghosts sitting on the uh, chandelier? Were, were yeah, they, I think were they I've never there? seen those. They were new. I yeah, hadn't seen new. those either. Yeah. And the pictures coming to life on the wall? Those, those, are, those, those are, are with the gun? That yeah. Those have always been yeah. there. But they've... More high tech. It's yeah, more, more vivid. Mm-hmm. The the the, uh, the ghosts are more vivid. Yeah. The imagery. Yeah. It's funny because more you, colorful. When you see the ones that are the older ones, like the dancing mm-hmm. couples, you can see how they're a little bit older. But the ones that are up on the chandelier, the new ones, you can see there's a lot, a lot more color to them, a lot more imagery. One of the things that we noticed that as you you knew as you turned the corner and there were the singing busts. Yes. They're singing the grim grinning ghosts. Mm-hmm. Right. They weren't they weren't singing. That day for us, were they singing for you? Yes, they were. Yeah. And Not we rode twice. Must have been down. Was twice. that was that one head always down? Like cracked off? Mm-hmm. Cracked off? Because mm-hmm. I didn't. That didn't I didn't think it was it. either, but I can't remember. And then you go through you go through the attic, the scene with the bride, and they've taken away, like Kevin says, that sort of cheesy pop up screaming yeah. ghost thing. They've added a few more. Uh, of the ghosts in there, but the biggest change is they've moved the bride. Mm-hmm. Instead of being from the right-hand side, the bride is now on the left-hand side, and they've done a complete projection. 
So she's being projected, and it looks like... She looks real to me. She looks real. Her hands are moving. Her face is moving. And she's talking to you as you go past. She's holding the hatchet that she killed her husband with. Her hands (laughs) actually appears. You know the backstory of the Haunted Mansion, that she's going through several husbands. Seven. They show you this, too. Now, all of a sudden, there are portraits of the seven husbands with the faces blurred out as they've died. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 there's a little more. The storyline is more clear. There's more of a, st- a backstory. Now. But you do move really fast yeah. through that area, so you really. Like, I was looking around, like trying to make sure I was seeing everything. There's a lot to right, take in. Yeah, right, a couple of times. One of the biggest changes is now uh, Madame Leota is floating instead mm-hmm. of being stationary right, on the I table. Heard that she's was crystal ball is oh, floating up in the air, right. and, and it's, it's very detailed. Yep, and that's another uh, enhanced projection. You really see her face, and her hair flows, and. Really excellent. Mm-hmm. The sound effects throughout the whole ride is is great. Well, that's the first change we noticed was when you're in the the stretching room. The sound is actually uh, 3D around you. It actually travels yeah, it moves around, around. You. Yeah. And there's a little bit of an extended audio in the beginning. He mentions it's um, we're sorry we mm-hmm. scared you, but the chills are still ahead. Type of thing. I want to say my favorite part is at the end. You know where they're singing the song. You know. The- Green grinning goes, come out to socialize um, at the end because they had the new, I guess it looks like a screen kind of, a mesh screen, you know, where they have the new ghosts in the back behind the tombstones that are hanging out playing chess or drinking tea or whatever they're doing. I really liked that. Yeah. And the the thing that pops up and screams, it pops up, but it doesn't scream there's anymore. Also, there's also just one of them. There's not like four right. Right, drive through. And then uh, it ends with... Um, the bride, the small bride up on top. Yep. Very bad. She's very, and she's very says, clear. Now. Don't very clear. forget to bring your death certificate. <laughs> you do that well. She does. <laughs> she does do well. yeah. She's always been my favorite. So couple, I'm sorry. They really cleaned up the audio, too. You can really hear everything, and it's, all, it's very good. A couple of things uh, I want to comment on. The queue line, uh, they, they put a new awning that walks up to the uh, entrance. And they have three rows there. And one of the things I think they missed the boat on is they didn't put any fans to keep people cool. It's it's just it was very hot under there. I don't think the awnings knew the awnings been there. What yeah, they've done I is so too. Yeah. they widened it. Well, they've I don't know that they've done that either. They've put a switchback line in it yeah, now, they do. as opposed to just funneling everybody in there. That has always been a point of contention with people that if you get in line, when you get to that point, the line kind yeah. of breaks loose, and now people try and get ahead mm-hmm. of you. However, it, after the turnstiles, it's still all open. Right, you it, get under past those turnstiles, and it's still sort of like chaotic. Who can jockey? Who it seemed to me that the line moved much faster. It than was it has very in the quick. Past. Yeah, it, it did. It was very quick. I mean. It, it was out to the end of the the road there, but it was still how long was the like wait? Tw- Twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. For us we got in line out by Columbia Harbor House. As a matter of fact, it had started to snake around towards the riverboat, and I don't think we waited fifteen minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The outside is cleaned up. The queue line was it looked like it was pressure washed and painted, and yeah. all that stuff was nice and fresh. One thing I forgot we didn't mention: um, one of the graves it looked freshly dug and covered, which. I had never noticed that before, With and there was a, there top. were ro- real fresh roses on top of the grave. I was just going to say, there's some sort of theme going on because there are roses outside. Mm-hmm. The bride at the end was holding roses, yep. and there was something one other rose inside yeah, on a grave. There was. Well, they are more theming it towards the bride so storyline that roses. is in there. Maybe. And one of the other things we asked about uh, the the wedding ring that's was in the cement 
that's gone. They took that out. Oh, really? It's not there. And here's, here's the twist. They actually brought the wedding ring into the haunted mansion, and the bride... It, it's it's with the bride. Well, now for those who are not familiar with this part of the, why don't you explain to them what, the whole thing about the ring and, and what that's? Well, it's always been a thing. Here's a tip: go go look for the the uh, wedding ring that's embedded in the the cement, and that was near the gate as you come out of the haunted mansion, and people would go and try to look for it and, and that. But it's well, since part, been it's, re- it's the lore. It's the it, lore. Right. It's lore that the cast members. What my understanding is that the cast members. Excuse me. Thought this up. What this actually was was a pole in the ground to hold the gate, and what they did it was sawed off. Oh. So it looks like there was a wedding ring embedded in the cement, and the lore was that the bride threw that out of the haunted mansion and it landed there, and that's sort of been this um, urban legend that this was part of the haunted mansion and that it was intended. We met the man who wrote the book. About the haunted mansion, and when he, the movie came out, we saw him on the cruise ship, and we also saw him at an event. And that's never that wasn't put in there by the Imagineers. Right. It was actually part of some of the cast members did. The, the cat. Well, it was it was it was a, a pole that held the held the gate shut, and it was cut off, and the cast members turned that into part of the legend. Right. Gotcha. So it's urban myth. Well, they took they took that out and completely. So part of the problem with that was it was. Right at the exit where everybody was funneling out, so you always had people stop there to look for the ring. And right. Where's the ring? And that was really annoying. It was. Yeah, because the, the the line would be moving and they would stop, and all of a sudden it would be like a Three Stooges episode. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. You'd what like about walking by, going the ring's right there? <laughs> what about the tombstone? Remember with the woman's face on it, where her eyes opened? Was yeah. it always there? No, yes. that's relatively new. Well, that's what I thought. There before the rehab. Right, it was there before the rehab, oh, but I it's only the last. Her. I don't. I can't give you a date, but it's the last couple of years. Before we finish up on this, I want to talk about the theming, the Halloween theming. The Magic Kingdom looks spectacular. It does. It looks a lot like Disneyland um, decorated it there. Really? There. Does. Really? Yeah, they yeah. stepped it up. I mean, they got jack o' lanterns up in the windows and mm-hmm. all along Main Street, and they, they've definitely they have stepped sca- up. The Scarecrow band in the front. Um, it's really neat. As you walk up, uh, just after you go through the turnstiles, the giant floral Mickey display mm-hmm. is now done with gourds and pumpkins. Yeah, all different colors, so you get his face and his into and his uh, shading. Yeah, the pole decorations on Main Street. And- they're done very classy, exactly what uh, they did in Disneyland last year, though. We took the train. We Actually, we took the train around the Magic Kingdom, and as you were standing up at the train station, you could see what used to be like City Hall has had pumpkins all up along the parapet. Really? Yeah, it was really kind of cool. And they had, yeah, you said banners. And yeah, a lot of flags. Mm-hmm. that are A lot of bunting. So they really stepped it up this year and really did a lot of really great theming. Oh, you think they'll do that for Christmas? I hope so. That's sort of the rumor, was that this is going to be the new thing. They're really going to... Well, good, because that. that was always my, my big complaint over there, was that they did all these great shows and stuff, but when it came time to decorate the park with the events for these holidays, they they throw some stuff up on Main Street, and that was the end yeah. of it. I have to say that this is this is very tastefully done. Well, that's what, so Disneyland did it. Disneyland yeah, yep. did everything very tastefully. Their Halloween stuff, their Christmas stuff, mm-hmm. there was a lot of it, but it was really done tastefully, and I just didn't understand why... World didn't do the same thing. Well, see, last year for Halloween, they um, like along Main Street, they had a lot of the Year of a Million Dreams banners hanging on the pole. So w- right before the the Halloween party, they would take the I don't know cardboard or whatever and plastic uh, boohoo and stuff like that and put cover it. 
yeah. cover the year of a million dreams. So everything was very temporary. This year, it's you know you go, it's it's Halloween time. Yeah. It and, looks great. And the out front at the uh, train station, that Mickey that everybody poses in front of, that all lights up at night. Mm-hmm. One more thing, people are complaining that there's no gift shop. Now, they thought that they were going to put a gift shop in with the Haunted Mansion. Uh, the store across from the Haunted Mansion by the uh, Columbia Harbor House is the trading company. It they, used to be the Smucker's Jelly Store. Right. Now it's called the trading company. And they've taken a portion of that and they've made that kind of a Halloween shop related to the Haunted Mansion. They are selling three-foot-tall statues of the, the hitchhiking ghosts. Really? They're white. And they have little blue lights that shine up on them, so they look like they're glowing. Hmm. They're the coolest things. I would put those in How my much yard. Are they? They're one twenty nine ninety nine for all three. For no, I'm sorry, each. they're one fifty nine. One fifty nine each. Aren't they one? No, I disagree. I think okay. she said they were one twenty nine ninety nine each. However, they're so big you can't walk out of the st- walk out with them. You have to have them shipped home. One twenty nine ninety nine plus shipping, and plus you ha- and plus tax. They also have uh, gravestones. For each of the grim grinning ghosts, for each of the hitchhiking ghosts, and those were fifty nine ninety nine. How quickly would that get ripped off out of your front yard? Well, she said the box that there's the three ghosts. There's Gus, Ezra, and I'm somebody's going to be able to tell me the other one. I can't remember it. The taller one. He comes in a box. She said the box is almost six feet tall. They're not, oh, they my. weren't that heavy. I moved it. I picked one up and I moved it a little bit. It would be hard for someone to just snatch and grab it. However, yeah, you can't really. You'd have to. That. It would be an inside kind of thing. Yeah, but they're well, very cool. Well, thanks, guys, very much. I appreciate uh, the update on the Haunted Mansion. And next week we will have an update for everyone on Mickey's Not-So-Scary. Um, these guys tried to do it and got rained out. So hopefully weather will cooperate next week. So, All right, we're going to move on. And Kevin Close has a review for us of the Columbia Harbor House at the Magic Kingdom. A lot of... Our listeners are asking for more uh, counter service reviews, so Kevin took the opportunity to uh, while he was doing the haunted mansion to check it out. So, we how did. was it? Um, the Columbia Harbor House is one of my favorite places to go and eat. It's one of the places in the park that I think you're kind of getting your value for the money. Uh, I think the food is fresh. I think the food is good. I think there's a great deal of seating. The tables are spread far enough apart. There's, um, it's cool inside on a really hot day. It's kind of cozy in the cooler weather. I think the Columbia Harbor House is, while it's not a hidden gem, it's one of the things I think a lot of people don't think about. What they think about Liberty Tree Tavern or Tony's Town Square or um, Cinderella's Royal Table. This is, it's a step up from just counter service. Counter service to me is one of those places where you walk up and get your food and go sit at a picnic table or one of those tables outside. This is covered. It's a large space, and uh, again, I think the food is, I think the food's pretty good. There's the fish and chicken uh, combo, which is fried chicken strips and pieces of fish. You can get the fish or the chicken separate. There's a couple of salads, and there's a couple of sandwiches. Now we were in yesterday. I got the fish and chicken combo platter. John got a tuna sandwich that came on multi-grain bread that had been toasted. Hmm. I was envious. His sandwich looked terrific. We also got a bowl of the uh, New England clam chowder, which is surprisingly very good. It's the wrong thing to order on a hot day, 
but it was very good. And I've had people ask me about vegetarian entrees. There are some salads here. Now, I don't know if you're if you're completely vegetarian. I think that's called vegan. You might not want a tuna sandwich, but the tuna sandwich, if you just don't eat meat, is a great alternative. They do offer a completely vegetarian chili. Now, they used to offer these in bread bowls. I didn't get a chance to get close enough to the counter to ask about them. However, I didn't see them listed any longer. The bread bowls are gone. And I just have to speak up for Regina because she's always had the contention that she's upset because they've removed the bread bowl for, like, the chowder or the chili. You get a great big serving of it, but it's no longer in the bread bowl. Uh, The French fries were fresh and tasty. And as I said, it's just... I thought it was a pretty good deal. Uh, John and I ate. It was $24 for the two of us. But again, we ordered a soup. We each ordered a soup, and we each ordered an entree. And we each had a large diet soda. So I think that's fairly common for Disney food. But you get fresh, hot food. Uh, Again, the tables are spread far enough apart so you don't feel like you're sitting on top of people. And after it was done, we decided that we had to go back and try the dessert. And we tried the apple crisp at three. Fifty-nine, and the chocolate cake. The chocolate cake looked like it had been like pre-processed. It was all sealed in this little. It was like hermetically sealed in this little plastic bubble. Oh. It was Judy Jetson food, is what it was. Um, but the apple crisp, what looked like it was homemade. It was fresh pastry dough with chopped up apples, like mom makes or used to make. Um, my only problem with it is that it it should have been warm. It came out cool out of the refrigerator. It had been made earlier in the day. This is something that. They could put in a microwave or an oven for a couple of seconds and serve hot with a little whipped cream or uh, vanilla ice cream on it, and that would make the three fifty nine price even better. I think people would actually go there specifically for this if it was served warm. Mm-hmm. Could you ask for it to be served warm? You know, I, you probably could. As I said, we were the, the haunted mansion has been a big thing for the last couple of days. There was a great deal of activity in right. and around the front of the haunted mansion. So Columbia Harbor House was. There were a lot of people who weren't going into the mansion, sitting in um, the public or the more public areas, like the vestibules and stuff. First of all, it was also very hot and rainy yesterday. So the, the Harbor House was really kind of crowded. Now, I'm going to tell you about this place, but it's no longer going to be a secret. If you go upstairs, there's a walkway that takes you over the walk. There's a sitting area that takes you over the walkway between Liberty Square and uh, Fantasyland. And there's windows on both sides, and you can sit at one of the tables up there and look down on the crowds of people moving back and forth. It is very, very quiet up there. It's very, very peaceful. It's a great place to go if you've got a a napping kid. Most people don't go up there. I'll have to go there. It's very... (laughs) (laughs) Catch Bob napping in Columbia Harbor House. He's going to drive the cart up the steps. Okay, it's not handicapped accessible. You'd actually have to get out of the cart and walk up the stairs. I want to forget about it. I've done that for a nap. Okay. Um, It's one of those places. It's like kind of one of the overlooked places. I was looking at that the other day, and it goes over the walkway and over to the uh, building that you talked about for the gift shop. Right, but you can't get into the gift shop from there. you can't. It's just over the walkway, and it's just a couple of tables, and it's a quieter, a little more quiet kind of spot. Um, If you're carrying trays of food... It could be a hassle, but if you're taking a soda and a sandwich up there, I think it's a great place to sit, especially if you want to get away from the madness. And the Magic Kingdom can get a little crowded. This is a great alternative to the quote-unquote regular fast food. You don't want burgers. You don't want hot dogs. You don't want just chicken strips. They've got really good, fresh, different food. And there's some healthier alternatives without 
just getting carrot sticks and celery, you know, or grapes. I've we, actually had one of the salads on the menu. It's the one with pineapples. Mm. <laughs> That's like their signature salad. Read the BLT description. I thought that was interesting. They have a BLT salad. It's mixed greens with crispy chicken, bacon, egg, and tomato. It sounded delicious. They also have a half a sandwich and a bowl of soup if you're looking for something a little lighter. Uh, John got the anchors away, which was the white tuna with lettuce and tomato for six sixty nine. The combo platter of uh, fresh or fried chicken strips and fish is seven oh nine, and that comes with apple slices or French fries. I didn't get the apple slices. They're really good though. They it's are. An apple. I, I, we don't like the apple. apple slices. Yeah, we had the apple slices the other night. Mm-hmm. On the back of the menu, now we lifted a menu that you're not supposed to take. <laughs> on the back of the menu, do as we say, don't do as we do. Right. <clears throat> <laughs> but I brought this because on the back of it, it explains the Disney dining plan. Oh. Now, in they Spanish, specifically Portuguese, have made yeah. these so you can't fold them up and put them in your pocket. <laughs> However, we did. That didn't work. And it explains, it also it explains it in Spanish, Portuguese, French, Dutch, and Asian. Yeah. Spanglish? It's either Japanese, Japanese or Chinese. Do they have Spanglish? So it's... They explain what a quick service meal includes and how to use the Disney dining plan. So it's really great. That's if you're cool. on the dining plan and you decide, I don't know how to use my points, right. it's right there on the back of the menu. They don't accept the Disney dining experience card. There's no discount. However, they do take the dining plan. All to, they also have some great um, kids' picks. They have the mixed green salad with chicken, the macaroni and cheese, and, uh, again, all the things on the regular menu. I think this is – I find Cosmic Ray's – the other real big place in the Magic Kingdom, I find that chaotic and loud and a completely wide open space so that the the sound just sort of bounces around. And I also um, find Pecos Bills to be a little more crowded and a little more, um, I don't know, just busy. I think Harbor House is a great place to get away from that kind of crowd. So Corey and I eat there a lot. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, it's one of the, the better counter service places in any of the parks, to be honest. Great. All right. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. And before we wrap up uh, today's show, I know that uh, Corey and Julie, you guys have a quick, a quick thing you want to you want to add. Yeah, just a little something. Um, we attended a concert at the House of Blues, actually dinner and a concert on September second. We saw Shine Down, who, if you don't know, is a rock band. Um, they are a local band as well. They come from Jacksonville, Florida, and they had two local bands open for them: No Circus and Social Ghost. Um, advanced tickets were 1950 for each of us, which is very cheap. It's general. Very. That's general admission, standing room only. So I will warn you that if you cannot stand for more than an hour, <laughs> don't buy these tickets. Get the VIP where you can sit down. Um, Corey and I both, our legs were killing us towards the end. Oh yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, it was not so good. Yeah, John and I went to see Cindy Lauper at House of Blues, and were considerably older than Corey and Julie combined. and it was really tough no you're not by the way oh wait whatever (laughs) a good thing when you eat at house of blues they give you a priority admission into Mm -hmm. the into the concert before everyone else so we had the we had the kind of like pick of the place yeah it was good we also had a great dinner we had voodoo shrimp um i had halibut Corey had meatloaf meatloaf, with snow peas and smashed uh, sweet potatoes everything was delicious and our server was awesome in a new castle they still have that cornbread yeah, they do. Oh, that excellent. That's reason to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, it is. We always have, you know, uh, we always have these discussions, these food discussions, toward the end of the show. It makes you hungry. <laughs> and, I know. Yeah, and it's like, have you ever had the House of Blues cornbread? 
Yes. It's rosemary cornbread. Rosemary yeah. cornbread with like a maple butter. Yeah. Yeah. We stayed at uh, um, Saratoga Springs one time and actually went over and got some to take home. It's that good. <laughs> take out. I also wanted to say this would be a good thing for couples to do and maybe couples with children as long as it's a band that's not, you know, too out there. You yeah, know, our band. our band was a little <laughs> much for, you know, small children. I definitely wouldn't have brought them there. But I think it's a great time. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. I know, Bob, you had something else you wanted to mention. I managed to get a picture of the Jedi stage uh, under construction, and they've kind of put it at an angle uh, next to the ATAT. at at It's over on the left side of Star Tours, on the left side of that, that walker thing, and they kind of put it at like an angle. So it doesn't. they're not going to be taking that, that vehicle out of there. It's going to stay and pot, be part of the, the scene, but they're, they've come a long way with it. So all the wood is up and everything in the stage. So cool. That should be out next month. Oh, and Bob, you Bob, uh, Bob also <laughs> sent me photos of the uh, the back lot. They're already putting the, some of the Osborne well, lights up. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Pretty, I have, guess they got to get started now yeah. for that, don't they? Yeah. They have the stand that the Christmas tree stands on. When you go halfway down on the right-hand side, on they have the two stands set up, ready to go to have those put on. And a little further down, they most of the lights are on the front of the building. So their first part of September, they started doing that. So it takes a while. Cool. All right. Thank you, folks. And thanks, everyone, for listening. That's going to do it for our show this week. We hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Thanks for listening.